1: With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears, Go Bears presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming.
2: What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. It's officially bye week, and the Chicago Bears losing streak continues They fell to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football with a late Chris Boswell field goal. And the Bears are now 3-6 and going into the bye week. And it's probably a much-needed bye week for this team because there is a lot of problems going on, uh, both offensively and defensively. But there's also a bright spot that we had um, that we're definitely going to talk about and we saw on Monday Night Football. Before we get into all that, though, we're gonna welcome in my co-host this week. It's not Aaron; he has the week off. He's out on vacation, um, so I decided to bring in the host of the Picture Pace Podcast here on the Bear Report Podcast Network. And please welcome in said Koshal and Andrew Freeman, guys. Thanks for joining me. And how are you guys doing today?
3: Yeah, I'm doing well. Just got home from uh, high school football practice myself, so that's always fun stuff.
4: But how are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm doing good as well. Ready to talk about some Bears football and. I don't, man. I mean, I know we got a lot to cover in this podcast, but I mean, how good does it feel to have a quarterback guys?
2: <laughs> That's actually a good point because that is the single most important thing right now. And I think last night on Monday night football, I think that was the turning point for Justin Fields. And it's kind of a shame that Bears are going to their bye week because I think he's put together just two of the best games in a row of his season so far.
3: Yeah, he really has. And, you know, when you look at that Monday night game against Pittsburgh, I mean, when you go back and look at the passing chart and Zach, I know you went ahead from NFL election stats and you kind of tweeted this out. But I think the reality is that we've seen the growth from Justin Fields week to week, right? So if you start back and you look at start of the season, every time he would take off and run, you would use his legs. There was kind of a spin move that he would do, which he did time and time again in college. Well, what's Justin doing now? He's using his baseball background because he played shortstop. And he's ultimately saying, you know what? I can slide here. All right. I'm not going to take any unnecessary hits, even though he is the kind of player who just wants to put his body out on the line. But you're also seeing the game slowing down for him to the point where he's understanding, okay, how to complete those short, quick passes, how to complete intermediate passes. Okay. Where do I need to place the ball on these deep throws down the field? Which again, there were a couple of those on Monday night against Pittsburgh. And really, I think Justin's biggest step in his development came yesterday in the fourth quarter where he basically led the Bears down the field for what was it like two scores? And so, really, on that final drive, when the Bears scored with just about 146 remaining on the clock in the fourth quarter, you saw the poise, the confidence, the accuracy really come to life. And Justin was clearly showing hey, listen. I am able to lead this team down the field in the most critical of moments. Also, just a quick side note, the Bears had 21 points yesterday. I know it was an ugly and scrappy game, but when's the last time you can say the Bears even scored 21 points in the fourth quarter or in a quarter
4: alone? Yeah, I mean, you talk about that that fourth quarter, and I mean, Justin Fields was just spectacular, really the entire second half. And it was one of those things like going to that fourth quarter, Uh, You talk about that uh, final, not the final drive, but that second to final drive where he had that touchdown throw to Darnell Mooney, The play right before that, that big completion to Allen Robinson talk about the game slowing down for him. Uh, We're seeing, we saw on that play, for instance, you know, Justin Fields seeing a look that seeing a look pre-snap to where, you know, he he thought that he could change the play and and get into a play that he wanted to get that big completion to Allen Robinson on that little slot fade route. Uh, that's you know that's been a staple of this Bears offense for years, and Justin Fields saw the look that he wanted to get that play, and he made the adjustment pre-snap. I mean, these are moves that we're seeing. You know, it was those are things that you expect from a veteran, two to three years into his career. And this was what Justin Fields' seventh start as a rookie, uh, not even getting reps with the first team guys throughout all of the off season. and he's doing things these things now as a rookie in his seventh star, like. Uh, really impressive stuff from the, really the entire development track for Justin Fields. I mean, we're seeing it come to fruition now. He, he looks like a bona fide franchise quarterback these last two weeks, and it, it's really exciting to see. And you know, touching back to this game in general for Justin Fields. I mean, you you look at everything that he had to overcome in this one, all the adversity that he had to face. You know, this Bears offense in general, this Bears team in general, just looks you know undisciplined penalties all over the place they still can't get lined up you know Justin Fields has to direct Marquise Goodwin, who's a veteran wide receiver in this league to get lined up you know at multiple times throughout this game uh you know whether it's the coaching staff whether it's the players this entire team's a mess you have the refs just I I don't know if you want to get into the refs for this one in this game because that was a that's a whole nother story but it seems like the refs are against the Bears in this one like intentionally making just really bad calls deliberately to go against the bears in this game um we can i guess we can get into that a little bit here but um you have all that stuff going up against Justin fields not to mention the fact that it's his first primetime game as an nfl starter at heinz field in pittsburgh on the road against a tough steelers defense with a great pass rush and a lot of stud players all over the field and he goes out there and has that type of performance and brings the bears back into the game late um i there, there, are no words to show how impressed I was with his performance, and it, it showed compared to the rest of the league. Because you know, I, I know a lot of people aren't into pro football focus grades and whatnot, and I certainly have my questions about about their grades. But he was pro football focus's highest graded quarterback for this week of football, right there, and it just show, t- goes to show that, yeah, Fields has had his fair sh- fair share of struggles this year, but. That type of game that we saw right there, you only hope you can build off of it. And like you said, Zach, it's, it's unfortunate we're getting the bye week here because these last two weeks, there's a lot of positive momentum going Justin Fields' way, and uh, it just a lot of positive vibes I think for him specifically going forward in this season. Yeah,
2: and you know, you look back at that San Francisco game, they lost. Um, you know, fields was pretty good. He had a couple of spectacular plays and you kind of started to see him, you know, feel it a little more and do the things that you want a quarterback to do. And right now where he's getting better. Is reading the defense and, you know, making his adjustments in the line of scrimmage and then also going through his reads. If you look in this game, there's one play in particular, and it's with the Bears trailing. It's in the fourth quarter. I think, believe it's right at the two minute mark or or just right before. It's a third and two, and you watch them come out. They come on three wide receivers. Um, Robinson's actually in the slot on this play. And you look at Justin Fields' checks of something. He puts his hands to his helmet, um, checks to a play. You, you look, Robinson does the same exact thing. Then you see Mooney at the bottom of the screen do the same exact thing. He saw something in that defense. He made an adjustment. And what I believe he saw was he knew Allen Robinson was going to have single coverage in the slot against a guy, um, I don't know who the defender was, but against a guy who he knew Allen Robinson could beat. And now if we went back even, I'd say two, three weeks ago, the chemistry between Allen Robinson and Justin Fields just wasn't there. And to see him make the check, and then not only that, but deliver a, a dime on the money for what was it, like 25, 30 yards down the right sideline to only where Allen Robinson could get it. And you also have to get Robinson's some props. He beat the jam right off the line of scrimmage. He got past his um, a defender and, and went right by him. So you got to get Robinson props on that too. But that shows me that's a quarterback that, we can point out all of the strong throws. We can point out the throws into tight windows. Um, Thrower Jimmy Graham that Matt Nagy said was probably a top three throw from any quarterback this year, and I went back and looked at that one. That one's fantastic as well. But the ones where he's making the checks and he's starting to see what the defense is coming out in and then adjusting to that, that is the single most important thing for him right now in his development we know he has arm talent. We know he can escape the pocket and keep plays alive with his feet and pick up big chunks, but to be able to go to the line of scrimmage, make the checks, especially on a a third and two, That's a third down and two. I mean, if you don't get that, you're going to have to go for it on fourth. If you don't get that, the game's over. So to see him do that is, is very impressive because we've seen him struggle with that. And, you know, watching Mitch Trubisky here in Chicago for four years, that was one of the biggest knocks on him. He could not read a defense from the, from the start of the play and Matt Nagy even said it I believe it was last year going into the season he said that's the next step for Trubisky is he has to learn how to read a defense and when he said that kind of everyone in the media and all the fans were like well this is his fourth year he should be able to be doing that in year two. Justin Fields is doing that in year one in what Andrew I think he said it was a seventh start um, so far in his rookie season. So that was super impressive to me. That second half was fantastic. I think he started to get going right at the end of that first half. Um, he hit Cole Komet on back-to-back throws on the, on the end, end of the drive or end of the half drive where they only got a field goal. they should have got a touchdown. Um, he hit Cole Komet on back-to-back plays, two strong throws, good catches by Cole Komet, who's also starting to turn it on lately. Um, and then from there, Justin Fields kind of got it going. So I, I think this is a major turning point. Um, but now, you know, the tests, uh, they get tougher because you look at this bear schedule, um, in, in the second half after this buy, and it's not easy. I mean, you have the Ravens and you go on a short week to Detroit. They should win that game, but we've seen the Bears struggle on Thanksgiving in Detroit in years past. Um, and, and then you got the Cardinals, who are a, a really damn good defense, a really good front seven. You have the Packers, who are playing really good football, and then Minnesota, Seattle. Really, you don't get a break. You get the Lions, and, and I guess the Giants, if you want to count that a break. Um, Seattle is going to be a tough place to play. So. It's going to be a big test for Justin Fields, but honestly, nothing else matters right now other than his development.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollar sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash blue wire. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
3: Yeah, and that's the perfect way to put it. I mean, you talk about reading the defenses and you're right Zach I mean Mitch Trubisky struggled with it to the point where it wasn't even I think reading the defenses what you were seeing is that Trubisky struggled with so much in years two three and four it was like the same mistake all over again one of the things I think we have to look at when it comes to Justin is that he's such a quick learner and he's shown time and time again I am a quick learner I mean there's times where okay he makes a mistake and then he goes back and all of a sudden the post game presser you know, he gets asked, hey, what'd you see in this interception? He'll be like, okay, so this is the coverage that the defense was playing. This is exactly what they were trying to show. And really, I think what you've also seen is that the game slowed down for him significantly, right? To the point where it's like, okay, he's just understanding that, you know what, I'm at a point right now where it's like, okay, it's just better for me instead of making the Big play happen. Let me just take what the defense gives me. So you'll get the second half of the schedule. Yeah, Chicago's bye week doesn't come at an ideal time because, okay, you know what? Justin has built more momentum in these last two games than basically he built throughout his first couple starts. Now, the first couple starts were just all about getting health, not even getting healthy, but just getting acclimated to the NFL environment the way the defenses do things. You look at the chemistry with Fields, Robinson, and Mooney. I have to say, I mean, the chemistry between Fields and Mooney has, I think, really continued to develop at a high rate. And so I think what's going to happen is this, and you're seeing this more and more now, is that – the bears are still a ways away from being a really good offense and a consistent offense. But I think Justin slowly beginning to be the player that closes that gap for this offense in terms of them, hopefully building some momentum once they do return in about nine, 10 days here to play the Baltimore Ravens and then travel to Detroit like three or four days after that.
2: Well, and and the thing is now, you know,
3: going into this bye.
2: Fields, you know, he's riding a lot of confidence. Um, he's playing his best and he's going to focus on football during the bye. I mean, usually players take time off. I don't get the vibe he's going to take any time off. I think he's going to be studying football as much as he can. But to come out of the bye, and, you know, even if they lose to the Ravens, you know, I love, everyone loves wins. You know, you, you want wins. Um, the, the Vikings put up a lot of points on the Ravens last week. They couldn't get it done. Lamar Jackson's playing at a high level still, but to play good against Ravens, if you lose that, that's still a win for the bears. And I, I'm just going to be curious to see how he carries that over you know, into these first games, because you're going to see him two games within a matter of five days. Can he put those two together? Um, Maybe they can pull ahead with two wins here. But my biggest worry is developing Justin Fields the rest of the way. I think Matt Nagy's 95% gone anyway, even if Fields really turns it on here. And, you know, the only way I think Nagy's staying is that they make the playoffs and Fields lights it up and they actually win a playoff game. But for me, you got to get a guy – that can develop Justin Fields. And, you know, this is a conversation for another time because we'll go through coaching. If there is a coaching uh, move, we'll go through candidates um, down the line, but you just gotta, you gotta get a guy to develop him. Kind of going back to the game here against Pittsburgh. And I want to talk about the defense here because they, in my eye, they were banged up, obviously, you know, they didn't have Cleo Mack. They didn't have Eddie Jackson. Um, They're, you know, playing with DeAndre Houston Carson out there, the the secondary outside of, you know, Jalen Johnson, I think Deshaun Gibson had a nice game was kind of bad. You know, they were getting to Ben Roethlisberger at times, but when I look at this defense overall, I thought they were pretty good for what they had out there. I thought it was just, you know, you mentioned Andrew, a couple, you know, calls that went against their way that, you know, Shouldn't have gone there against their way, and then they were also, you know, the first drive short field position. Their second scoring drive, the Steelers kind of hit a hit a big player too, and um, the Bears even had, you know, a third down and goal. But Roethlisberger had all day. What did you kind of see on that drive, or i not on the drive, but um, from this defense, Andrew, in this game?
4: Yeah, it, it's tough to evaluate it as a whole because I mean they are missing Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson here, and they got a couple other guys that are banged up a- across this defense. So um, when you're missing a guy like, like we clearly saw that, you know, Khalil Mack over the last couple of weeks, that his impact is his sorely missed because uh, the pass rush has just not been the same over the past few weeks. And that includes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game where uh, Mack was, you know, limited by a foot injury and Robert Quinn was out. So the pass rush has just disappeared after being a strength of this defense over the, you know, first quarter and a half of the season uh, that's gone away at this point over the last few weeks. And we're, we're seeing it right now. And what that is exposing is that this secondary, we were, you know, hesitant about the secondary to be kind, all throughout the off season and early on in the season and they were able to you know patch it together and work with it a little bit early on this year I mean obviously the Rams game was very bad but I mean look at you know the Bengals game getting three interceptions off of Joe Burrow in that one uh the Raiders game where they were pretty good even in games like the Cleveland game where I thought the defense played pretty well despite giving up you know a lot of points late because the offense just couldn't do anything um that has not been the case over the last few weeks and we I I feel like you know they weren't Terrible in this game against Pittsburgh, but I mean, we got to keep it in mind here. I think the Steelers scored the most points that they've had the entire season in this one, and I mean, it just this Steelers offense is not a good offense. Like it is like as bad as this Bears offense, and you know they they have some talented wide receivers when you look at Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, uh, Pat Fryermuth is a stud at tight end for them, but I mean they have one of the bottom three worst offensive lines in football. Big Ben is a shell of his former self. Like he is not, he he is a noodle arm quarterback that you know can't push the ball down the field. Uh, He gets the ball out on time because, like, really quickly, like one of the fastest releases in football. Because one, this offensive line can't pass block at all. Um, at, at least early in the season, they couldn't pass block at all. And two, he just doesn't have the ability to push the ball down the field consistently, consistently like he used to be able to in his prime. And we saw a couple times where Big Ben tried to push up the ball down the field, and the ball just died on him um, in this one. Other than, like, one really nice throw, he had the clay pool early in the game. Like, he just he just doesn't have that ability anymore. And, you know, other than, you know, I thought they did a nice job stopping the run for the most part against Najee Harris, who's a really good running back uh, for the Steelers. Like, when the Bears' defense needed to get a stop, most when the game was on the line they couldn't do it and it's just because they just obviously the injuries hurt but they also it's just the problem with the way this defense is constructed they are constructed to be you know if the pass rush isn't dominant and it isn't gained to the quarterback right away they can't cover anybody like jalen johnson can only do so much as the only legitimately good cover player on your defense and, and, and i think we're starting to see that eddie jackson has a much bigger importance to this defense than a lot of people want to give him credit for because you know he's We've definitely noticed the loss there in terms of, you know, the Bears' defense are a lot more predictable in their coverages. And, you know, Ed Jackson, I think he's still – he's not having a good year, and I think he's definitely an overpaid player compared to, you know, what your expectations were for him in terms of, you know, he's not that elite safety anymore. I, I'm not even sure he's a great safety anymore. But he's still a quality starting safety and certainly a quality cover safety in the NFL, even though a lot of fans want to give him crap for his tackling. He's still like a. I think
2: I think it's team. the money. I think at that at that point, sorry to interrupt, but I think that at that yeah. point, it's just the money. I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't think Jackson's been awful. It's just he hasn't played like the highest paid safety one Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he son, hasn't played
4: know? up to his contract. Is is kind of exactly. the point to make? You yeah. know, he's still a again, he's still a quality player. He's just not playing up to that contract standard, and I, that's a frustrating thing. But I mean, we saw it in this game that he's sorely missed on this defense because it's not even just him, just the fact that they don't have anybody else that can cover or do anything. Like, I don't know how many times we saw Kendall Vildor get bullied out there in this game in one-on-one coverage, whether it was Claypool, whether it was someone getting matched up against Pat Fryermuth or one of the other wide receivers on this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Like, they were targeting Kendall Vildor all game. Deshaun Gibson isn't good at this stage of his career. Duke Shelley, you know, he's, hasn't been terrible, but he is what he is in the slot. Like they don't have anybody that can cover. And it's just, I don't know. This, this defense that they're clearly not a great unit anymore. I think they're an average unit that gets propped up by, you know, occasionally the pass rush will have their games where they're dominant and they're getting after the quarterback and and they're causing problems. But uh, I mean, it, it goes like to show that like when they don't have that pass rush going, they're just not very good. And it was really frustrating in this one to watch because I, I mentioned earlier the Steelers' offensive line is legitimately one of the worst, if not the worst, in football, especially at pass protection. Like they they have such a bad offensive line in Pittsburgh. And there were multiple plays in this game where Big Ben had all day to throw. Like that touchdown he had to Pat Fryermouth in the first half, he had like five or six seconds of throw, and you're just sitting there wondering, like Is anyone going to get off a block here and get after him? Like they tried to stunt on that play. It didn't work. We saw like three bears players, like standing in the same spot. I know stunts have like really helped this boost this pass rush a little bit this year. Like that's one of the positive things that Sean Desai has done um, in terms of using smokes and mirrors to kind of cover up what's kind of been a pass rush that, I mean, you still have dominant players in Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn, but it's not an overly great pass rush unit as a whole. Like I still think they don't have a great interior rusher on this roster right now, but I know I'm rambling on a little bit here, but I mean, it, it was a mixed bag to say the least. I think the biggest, the biggest problem with the Bears defense, I guess you could say, is that when they needed to get a stop late in this game against a poor offense, against a quarterback that can't throw the ball down the field, they couldn't do it. And that's kind of the most frustrating thing yeah, about
2: it. Yeah, they, they couldn't get it. And then I go back to the play, you know, DeAndre Houston Carson's been great for the role he's been kind of thrusted into, you know, he's a guy that you don't expect to play He's behind Deion Bush back there. Um, who's hurt. He's behind Eddie Jackson. Who's hurt. And you know, that play where we watched Ben Roethlisberger, we know what Ben Roethlisberger is at this point in his career. He's not a guy that is what he used to be. He, you know, he, he's not going to be able to throw it deep. That throw was just the one we had to just lame ducked it and somehow it was completed was just wild to me. And you watch Carson on that play. Then you watch him on, on the missed um, the, um, the I think it was late in the game, the final drive, there was kind of some miscommunication back there. That's just going to happen. You know, you can't expect a guy like DHC to come out there and light it up because you know, he is, he's a, here's your fourth safety, but you know, overall this defense, I, one guy that kind of stood out to me was Eddie Goldman. I thought he had a way better game. Now he's going up against a rookie center. Um, so take that for what it is, but I, I think he had a monster game back there and he even missed some plays that he could have finished um, for, for tackles for loss. So, you know, before we stop talking about the defense here, you say, did you see anything on the defense that maybe stood out to you or caught your eye, good or bad, in this game here?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the good was that this defense, again, on Monday night seemingly had this bend-don't-break mentality. Another, I think, good thing was that – The Bears got some sacks. Okay. You look at that week eight game against San Francisco. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo basically went untouched the entire afternoon. So it was good to see Ben Roethlisberger get sacked three or four times. And I think the bad continues to kind of be the exact same thing that Andrew said, right? In terms of the secondary. All right. The Spare secondary, you know, outside of Tashawn, I'm sorry, outside of Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson, there really aren't any quality players that you have. If you look at that final drive, and I went back and I looked at the play by play sheet, right? So, Pittsburgh averaged 9.8 yards per reception. Ben Roethlisberger averaged about seven yards a pass attempt. And then on that final drive alone what did we see well we see that the bears allowed completions of 12 22 and then 13 yards and the steelers marched down the field in basically one minute 20 seconds to go ahead and win the game and so ultimately it's just like it's become more and more clear that as time's gone on you know what kendall wilder and duke shelley they are solid rotational players but they don't really have what it takes to hold down the starting role full-time maybe it was just an off night but wilder and Shelley have basically proven at this point hey we're just better as rotational guys and so what are the big things the Bears are going to have to address in 2022 is going to be the cornerback position and then you have Tashawn Gibson now he's a player that I feel like his quality of play has just really declined over the last couple seasons yeah there's only a second season in Chicago but Gibson you can just tell that the Bears can't necessarily trust him back there and I think at this point what it is is that Eddie Jackson's covering up a lot of the issues on the third level of this defense because to Sean Gibson, not really a solid player in coverage. Okay. You question what's he able to do as a tackle. And so ultimately the secondary needs to basically be rebuilt all over again. And then when you look at the linebacking crew, I mean, Rook one Smith, I think again, once again, is the only bright spot. So Alec Ogletree, as well as um, you know, he was out Danny Trevathans looked noticeably slower. And I think that, very few people caught this, but Matt Nagy mentioned it at the end of the, the post game presser. Well, Akeem Hicks' ankle is now taped up. And so you're bracing for one of those situations where you hope that some of these injuries aren't too serious. But ultimately, Akeem Hicks' ankle being taped up and it being labeled an ankle sprain isn't necessarily something that's encouraging by any means for a defense that, again, has basically had to work for every single possession this season.
1: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the defense under Shonda Sy, I didn't know really what to expect, but I, I can't put a lot of the blame on him it's still his first year and he's kind of working with what he got what he has out there but it's you know it is what it is right now with this defense and I think we look you know to kind of push the conversation forward here and get away from this game you know they are the Bears are in a position they're three and six eight games left They're probably not going to go to the playoffs. It would take, you know, a a 6-2, and a 7-1 and kind of finish for them to get to the playoffs maybe, Um, you know, because the NFC is kind of loaded right now. There's a couple teams with just one loss or two losses hanging around. Um, You know, there's other teams like Atlanta who's starting to win some games. Um, You know, teams like that that are the Giants who are just kind of hanging there, maybe threatening to make a push. For the Bears franchise, the biggest storyline is going to be coaching with Matt Nagy and if he comes back or not. However, I kind of want to focus on uh, the future of some positions here, and you know to kind of do that, I, I was thinking maybe we each can kind of give you know some of our biggest needs or touch on that and, and you know I'll go first and, and for me, if I'm looking at some of the biggest needs and, and I'm starting on offense. Or on defense, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I'm looking at two defensive backs. I'm looking at a new safety to replace To Sean Gibson. You're, you're probably not going to get out of Eddie Jackson's contract, so he's going to be around another year. Um, and I'm looking up front. What do you do with the Keem Hicks? I think at defensive back, Jalen Johnson has proven his worth. He's proven already he can be a, a legit defensive back. Maybe he's not ready to be an elite number one. Um, but maybe a really damn good number two, and maybe you could find another really damn good number two in the draft or in free agency. But, man, they need to give him some help because when I watch, you know, Kendall Wilder had some good coverage at times, but he's just getting bullied out there, and he's got to learn to turn and play the ball. He's got to learn how to make plays on the ball, things like that. Um, Yeah, he is a late-round pick in his second year, and there are going to be struggles. I just don't know if he can overcome those struggles to be a legit corner, and then you look in the slot, Duke Shelley struggling there um he's aggressive you know he's a guy that you know is going to be make aggressive plays on the ball but nothing's really stood out to me from him there um you know maybe andrew you got one on on the defensive side of the football as as a big need
4: yeah i I think on on the defensive side of the ball look i mean they're i think they're good at edge rusher going into next year i mean you have cleo under contract you have quinn under contract uh Gibson's you know he's, he's shown some flashes to be a nice rotational piece uh you still going to have uh, Jeremiah Atuachu under contract next year so they're good at edge you know and then you know I think I think they could probably use another linebacker because I think Dan trevathan is is nearing his end of his tenure with the bears I think they're going to try to get out of his deal uh next year because he's just he, he's a part-time player for them right now and as much that he brings to the locker room as a leader you can save some money by moving on from Dan Trevathan next year, I think. So they're probably going to have to look for another linebacker next to Roquan Smith, which honestly, it's kind of it's pre, It's not the hard, most difficult thing to do. You can find linebackers pretty easily um, for cheap in the minor NFL today and be fine there. So I, I don't think that's a huge deal. But I think the defensive line is certainly um, a sneaky need for this defense next offseason because – you look at where you know Akeem Hicks is going to be a free agent. I'm not sure Eddie Goldman's going to be here next year. Um, I, I think the Bears will probably either try to move on from Eddie Goldman, um, or you know, who knows? I, 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 but I don't, I do not expect Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks to be back next year. Bilal Nichols, uh, while he's had a down year, he's going to be a free agent uh, next offseason. And then you look at past those guys, I mean, it's Mario Edwards who has been a roller coaster to say the least. this this year I'm being kind by calling, calling that experience a roller coaster because Mario Edwards has been a lot more of a negative than a positive uh, when he's been on the field this season and just in terms of the penalties and, and some of the dumb stuff he's done from that standpoint. Um, and he just hasn't been the pass rusher that he was last year. And then you got Angelo Blackson who, you know, had a solid start but has been kind of quiet uh, over the last few games. And then Kairos Tonga who, you know, showed some nice, he showed some nice flashes, but again, he's a seventh round rookie going to be a second year player next year. Like, you know, I think he be he can be a fine nose tackle in this league, but I'm not putting too much eggs into that basket. If that makes sense about him being a a, a difference maker on this defensive line, so they're gonna have to reload this defensive line, and and then like you said, Zach, like they need legit like two or three new stars in this secondary. So there are a lot of holes in in this secondary to fill, but unfortunately. Like, I don't think they're going to be able to fill all those because the more important and pressing needs are on the offensive side of the ball, which I think we can start to get into here a a little bit soon as well.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately looking at the Bears here, you know, looking ahead to 2022, I mean, there are a couple needs to fill. You're looking, I think, at like wide receivers, obviously one of the big ones because you can't really – Properly develop a quarterback when you don't necessarily have enough wide receivers. And then I think the overarching theme for 2022 is going to be okay, how do we continue to get younger, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but then also, how do we continue to invest and develop Justin Fields and investing in Justin Fields I think comes down to a couple things primarily I mean running backs a position that's pretty much set. tight ends another position that's set with Cole Komet maybe just maybe you're going to want to look at bringing a guy like Jesse James back like I said wide receiver is the big one okay the status of Tevin Jenkins is seemingly still up in the air you also have to go out and look into finding an, a true NFL center because it's clear that Sam Mustafer, again a guy that I was high on going into the season really hasn't it gotten it done. And then you have on the defensive side of the ball, what you're basically seeing is, okay, outside of Jackson, Jalen Johnson, entire secondary needs an overhaul. Then you're looking at the linebacker crew. Okay, your only really legit one is Roquan Smith. I mean, the Bears have some intriguing young pieces right now on the practice squad. Take like a Daz Newsome, Charles Snowden, Thomas Cram Jr., wide receiver, outside linebacker, and then cornerback. I think undrafted free agent Sam Kamara is another one that's flashed a lot of potential. But then ultimately those guys I think you can't just bank on their potential alone one of the big issues with the bears and this coaching staff this front office this regime in general is that sometimes they tend to bank on the development and potential of undrafted free agents way too much I mean look at what they did with Alex Bars and Sam Mustafer. Mustafer and Bars both in 2019 just practice squad guys and then they get their number called in 2020 and then all of a sudden we're seeing here in 2021 okay Alex Barnes is in more solid but hasn't gotten the opportunities whereas a guy like a Sam Mustafer has gotten more than enough opportunity but really hasn't been consistent enough to warrant holding down the starting job you ready
0: showtime on May 3rd summer starts with the fall guy
4: do doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy.
4: What's what the poster said.
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy.
4: Trying to make out? because nope. I don't either.
0: It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated PG thirteen.
2: Yeah, and I also think, you know, it's going to. De- depend on if there's a new regime change. Will Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace both be gone? Will one just be gone? It's kind of going to matter on that and what the next regime wants to do. But I agree with all those points. I think there's a lot of holes. Um, They don't have a first-round pick, which is fine. If you hit on the quarterback, that does not matter. Um, You know, Tevin Jenkins might be the biggest factor here. If Larry Borum could come out and prove, hey, I'm a legit right tackle, which he's been pretty good so far, um does need to work a little bit on technique that's the one area i'd probably uh, want him to improve on as the season goes on then you're kind of set there at right tackle if tevin jenkins could get back and play some games this year you're probably set at, at left tackle then you just need to find a center on that offensive line now you have some options there because you can move cody Whitehair, james daniels back to center and then you can go get a guard so if there's a guard out there that you like better than a center you have that option to kind of move them around a little bit so you know I would say offensive line and then obviously wide receiver is the big one on offense you have one under contract next year that's Darnell Mooney uh you still have Daz Newsom on your practice squad maybe he's a guy you kind of bring up and give some reps to in place of someone like Demir Bird late in the season it's gonna be interesting to see what the Bears do And, and Matt Nagy was actually asked about it um Today, you know, in one of the questions, and you know, he he took the approach that I thought he would take essentially with a coach because asking this question is a little tough. Um, excuse me, you know, he's still coaching for his job, he's still coaching to make the playoffs, and he pretty much just said, We'll just do what we think is due or what's best for this team. Um, I think if we get to December and the Bears are, you know, still have three to four wins. I think we'll get a better answer there, but it's just going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And this off season could be a fun one, um, you know, moving forward. So before we wrap things up though, last thing I kind of want to do is, you know, I'm going to start with you guys first. Give me one, your, your biggest takeaway through these first nine games of the season for the Bears so far. And maybe it's a surprise. Maybe it's, you know, good or bad. Uh, we'll start with you. You say, and then I'll go over to Andrew.
3: So I think my biggest takeaway is that if you stop looking at the numbers and you basically just look at what's being out there on film, you are seeing a lot of what the Bears basically are is their identity is that it's a team that can be in games and can absolutely win. But unfortunately, they leave a lot to be desired out on the field. I mean, look, I know everyone last night kind of talks about or for Monday night's loss is kind of talking about well, the referees did this, the referees did that. And it's just like, okay, the referees had their fair share of bad calls, probably more than a lot of people are willing to admit. But then also I think you have to look at this and say, when you have 12 penalties for 115 yards, you know what? It kind of erases the point, the whole argument of the referees screwed the Bears over. And so ultimately, it's just like my big takeaway comes down to the fact that the Bears have proven to us time and time again, they, you know what, we are good, but we're not good enough. And we're just going to leave a lot to be desired out there on the field. And you know what, this offense is at a point where it's just like, we're seeing the pieces slowly come together week by week. But then again, you're still, Justin Fields said this, I think, two weeks ago going into the game against the 49ers. We're still waiting for that one breakout game to happen. And the Bears are at a point where it's just like, you need that breakout game to happen sooner rather than later.
4: Yeah, I'd say my reaction to this Bears team in terms of the first half of the year is that they're about exactly what I thought they would be. Um, going into this season you know they haven't won you know, I, I honestly thought they would probably sneak in at least one win in the last two weeks against the 49ers and Steelers but other than that you know they've been exactly what I thought they were and maybe I I expected a little bit more growth from this offense because I, I did expect that whether it was Andy Dolan at quarterback or Justin Fields that the quarterback play would be better and I think we're starting to see now with Justin Fields growing into the player that I think we all hope he can be going forward that um that they are going to be starting to get better quarterback play than than what we've seen in recent years over this next stretch over the second half of the season. But in terms of what they've been this year so far, again, I mean, I expected the offensive line to be a train wreck for the most part. They've solidified a little bit as the year's gone on, but uh, I mean, they've been really bad this year. Uh, The pass blocking hasn't been really great. And when they've had injuries at the tackle spots, it's been a complete disaster for them. Um, at certain points in this year, so the offensive line has been, you know, really bad. Like I think we all expected them to be really bad. You know, I am a little bit disappointed in the wide receivers and the, and the, and the weapons on this team. I thought they would be a little bit better there, but you know, some of that has to do with the fact that you know th- th- this coaching staff just doesn't have an ability. It seems like to maximize the talent on this roster. And I'm not saying the talented roster; it really isn't. There are holes all over the place. They lack the star power on offense that you need to really contend as a as a consistently winning team in the modern NFL. And I think we're seeing that right now. Uh, but you know, it's clear that, you know, everything that we've seen from this coaching staff and this offense and this team over the last four years is that it's just been a consistent downward trend in terms of, you know, the the discipline on this team like how many penalties did the bears have in this last game against the Seahawks was like how many mind-numbing penalties do we need to see where there's a false start or a illegal formation or somebody's not doing the right thing out of a timeout for this offense every single week there's a, there's an issue like that you know how many times are we going to see a, a game plan where um you know the coaching staff is doing the exact opposite of where they, they should be doing to you know Attack a certain defense or get the most out of the players that they have out there right now, um, at at that moment in time. Um, you know, how many times are we going to see them, you know, run the ball on second and long? Like, I swear, if we see like one more second and long run this season, the back half of the season, I I think I'm going to throw up because oh, they hit the bingo card, man. It is getting nauseating (laughs) at this point. Like, there is, like, I, I. I, dairy Bears fans, do not make a drinking game out of the Bears running the ball on second and long. Your liver will hit you after that. Like, do not do that. Um, But uh, on a serious note, like, going up to the defensive side of the ball. um, You know, again, it's kind of like I said before. When this pass rush is great and they're getting after the quarterback, you know, they're able to hide the secondary a little bit and be passable. But when that's not working for them, I mean, you're really starting to see the holes in this secondary over this back half. Over the last few games, really. And I mean, again, they're an average defense at best when this pass rush is healthy and they're good. They haven't really been that this year, unfortunately, other than the first few weeks of the year. So, um, you know, again, to sum it all up, you know, again, the Bears are in the famous words of uh, Danny Green, they, the Bears are what I thought they were. And, you know, I, I'm just hoping that over the second half of the season that we get to see the growth and development from Justin Fields. And, you know, he's going to have to build, unfortunately for a rookie, he's going to have to build his team out. And if they're going to, you know, make a run here and improve on offense and maybe get into this playoff picture um, late in the season, because, you know, that, I think that seventh seed is going to be up for grabs for, uh, going forward here. Like the Atlanta Falcons, they're a weird team, um, even though they got Matt Ryan and they got a good offense, like they're, they're a weird team. I um, mean, that seven spot right now. I think the Panthers, they've been proven as frauds, um, to, you know, just looking at where they're at right now with that offense and just how much of a disaster the Sam Darnold decision was for them. You know, like you kind of mentioned, Zach, the Giants are kind of hanging around the, the Eagles are kind of hanging around the Seahawks, you know, if Russell Wilson gets back healthy. I think they're going to, they could go on a run certainly, but um, you know, they, they, the bears can certainly find their way back into the playoff picture here, but it's going to have to be, you know, Justin Fields being special um, in order to overcome, you know, a really flawed roster and just a coaching staff that I think has kind of run its course here in Chicago. And, you know, we'll just have to see how this team does over the second half of the season that, and the, you know, hopefully that we see some improvement from Justin Fields. And that's really the most important thing at this point in time. Yeah. And you've got to kind of build
2: off that, you know, for me, the biggest takeaway has just been the details we've heard Matt Nagy say multiple times, you know, it's the details. We got to get the details, right. You know, we got to focus on these details. And for me, they just, They haven't been doing that because like you said, Andrew, they're still lining up offsides. They're still coming on timeouts with penalties. You know, they're still throwing short on third down, short of six on third down. They're running on second and long. They're, you know, committing false starts. And they're just, they're making dumb plays. They're undisciplined. It's just kind of a mixture of everything into a big melting pot. And that goes back to coaching. They're a poorly coached team. The Bears are struggling with the details. They're struggling with the little things that, you know, the good teams do the little things right. Talent can only get you so far. And with a team like the Bears, yeah, they have talent. I mean, they there are there is some talent on on that roster, but when you're constantly putting yourself in bad positions where you're moving back 5, 10 yards um, on a play because of a a stupid penalty or you know, you're you're just struggling to do the basics right and you're not identifying the wrongs and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's frustrating and it's something that they need to clean up and, you know, I hate to say it, but it's been four years and they're not cleaning it up under Matt Nagy. And that's one of the reasons why I don't think, you know, he's going to be around long enough. I don't think they can sit here and say, you know, he's done enough good to fix this so far that we should keep him around and, you know, he'll have his chance to prove him wrong and improve me wrong, but it's just, you know, it's, it's the details that are very concerning for me and the details that really stand out to me about why this team is three and six right now. That should wrap things up here, guys. Um, thanks again for joining me. We'll have to do it again sometime um, and hopefully we'll have a better team to talk about here down the stretch. Before we go though, I'll give you guys a chance. Uh, where can everyone follow you guys on Twitter at? Where can they read your work? Um, anything else you want to plug? I'll let you go first. You say,
3: yeah, guys, so you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Usaid Koshal, just my first and last name, check out my work on the bear reports. So I've got articles dropping on there a couple times a week and then be sure they." That- you're signed up and participating on our forums. Cause it's always some really fun bears and just general NFL talk going on.
4: Yeah. And, and as for me, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at AG Friedman 25. You can find my work on the bear report. Um, if you're into uh, you know, advanced stats and you know pass blocking and pass rush stuff like definitely check out my weekly series on the bears or uh my post game series on the bears i guess you could call it where i break down uh it's called tracking the trenches my tracking the trenches series where i break down the pass blocking and pass rushing units for the bears every single week after every single game it's one of my favorite things to do and write about um, on, on the Bearport, and I definitely recommend you check that out. Also, if you're a fan of Film Breakdown stuff, definitely check out some of the work that we're doing on the Bearport on, on the Bearport YouTube channel and definitely like and subscribe our videos there. Um, hoping to have a lot of interesting content coming out for both of those uh, different things coming out soon. And, of course, you can find my other stuff on Twitter and, and follow me there to uh, get some of my other opinions. I'm not just Bears, but just the NFL and sports in general. Always love talking about all that stuff there uh, on social media.
2: Yeah, and you can follow Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. And uh, yeah, but just please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms, not only to this podcast, but the Pix for Pace as well. Um, and until next time, everyone, please stay safe.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.